1: 727-B-E-C-K, illegal alien, uh, tried to, apparently had some sort of plan to uh, assassinate Donald Trump. I guess that's what he's saying. Um, I'm a a, a, a bit skeptical of this whole story. Why? I mean, there he is. Look at him. There he is. He's 19, (laughs) by the way. Look at him. He's 19 years old. Look at him. You can see it in Uh, his uh, eyes. You see it
2: right there. I think he probably does want to uh, probably is not a fan of Donald Trump. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, what his motivations are, I'm not exactly sure. Glenn was mentioning kind of like he thought, and I don't know if he ever actually got to this point on the air, but he kind of thought maybe this is a type of guy who's just trying to be famous. And that like Mm -hmm. you're living in the United States of America. Uh, You're trying to assassinate a presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. Your plan is to grab the gun from a police officer to do this. Like you, you can't get a hold of one of the 320 million guns that are out there in circulation. Uh, One that I mean, that's going to be your 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 idea is. Do you know where I can get that gun? Is I don't know the guy who's specifically employed to take down people who might have guns.
1: That's going to be my gun source. You know what this proves. It, it proves that uh, you can't buy a gun here as an illegal alien. <laughs> yeah, no, Our it, gun laws are working. That's what it proves. That's a, that's <laughs> a good way to get through security too. You got no weapon. Once you're through security, Right. people that have weapons. Then the you disarm officers. a cop and you use it to <laughs> Wait, assassinate somebody. If you're, right. if you're
2: taking the gun from uh, from a police officer, you of didn't cake. get through security. That's the security. That's security. You get. You don't Wait. get to. No, you're already through. You don't get both of those things. Uh, It's not like when you get past the metal detector, they then say, you know what? Here you are. Uh, We're never going to do anything to stop you. That's the security inside. There's security there. You don't get through it. Um, It's just a... I, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious as far as, like, some other weird explanation for it. He's probably just a really bad criminal, but... Uh, you know, it's just like it's, it's such a stupid plan that it almost doesn't even seem like he actually was going to go through with it. It was one of those I want attention for whatever
1: cause I have. Very possible. It does feel that is way possible. A bit. That, he's he's an illegal alien here from Great Britain too, which is also strange. Yeah, yeah, he overstayed
2: his visa. So he was here yeah. legally at one point. Right. And then he overstayed his visa, which, by the way, is a huge part of the problem. Um, yes. Again, 9 yeah. 11, you know, that's where a lot of those guys were. It's not all just people coming over the border from Mexico. That's, that seems to be, you could argue, maybe the easiest thing to stop. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're able to, you know, the fence has certainly been the way that people or the giant 40-foot steel wall or whatever (laughs) Trump wants to build. I mean, the fence has been a way to to illustrate that that might be low-hanging fruit for that problem. But, I mean, overstaying a visa is is a little tougher because you're letting people in here legally. They're here. They're doing their thing legally. And then their visa expires and they don't leave. Well, I mean, it's hard. You don't know where they are at that point. Uh, you know, I mean, you could do a system where you have people checking in or something. But even then, if they don't check in, they're illegal aliens. And then
1: you're in the, you're in the same boat. By the way, the guy's white, and I don't want him here as an illegal alien.
2: No, you do, because uh, he looks like no. you, Pat. So because he looks like you, you would like him to That's be here and, and don't want to enforce your laws. That That's, is not,
1: not correct. He's not, I, want, no, I, think he's, I want him gone just as bad you're, as No, 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 you're missing You're
2: you're missing the point.
1: He's not Mexican is no, what I'm that. saying. I, I and understand that. He doesn't speak Spanish. He's also not legal, and I want him to go home.
2: Okay. Right, Deport but what, you, what you're thinking is that he's a Mexican
1: here to steal no, your I, job. I, I, I'm know not saying... from, I know he's from Britain. I know he's from Britain. And, and you I, still want him gone. I still want him gone,
2: yeah. Why? Do you think he has Mexican blood? No, is that
1: I don't. He doesn't look like it at all. He looks pretty pasty white to me. Look at him. Look at him. Pasty white you guy. think
2: he's a Mexican immigrant that went that immigrated no. to Britain? I believe and him then to be an
1: Anglo-Saxon here. from Great Britain, and I want him to go home. Okay, you have not yet?
2: Are you saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> that is how liberals look at this. It's I only, know. You know. I know. But this is the thing. And I said this. Like, we said this many years ago. When we were going through this debate. Mm-hmm. Is like if you are the type of person who wants, let's say a bunch of Swedes to come here illegally and are mm-hmm. fine with it, and you don't want Mexicans to come here illegally, then you may very well actually right. be a racist. <laughs> but I'm not that person. Me I neither. want no imported right. uh, illegal Swedes, and I want no imported
1: illegal Mexicans. I'm, I'm okay. I would like people to follow the law. I'm okay with following the law from Great Britain, Germany, Poland, Mexico, yep. Colombia, Brazil. Right. Follow the law, uh, yeah, and you're welcome here. Yeah. It's you know, it's, it's not tough. Kind of a basic thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's Donald Trump on his fundraising efforts, which have been paltry and pathetic Laugh-able. at best.
3: The FEC, these federal disclosure forms, came out and show you with the $1.3 million raised in in um, on hand, excuse me, on hand, compared to $42 million in Hillary Clinton's war chest. Now, you understand money, the importance of money. It helps you mount a professional campaign, and it's a sign of whether people are supporting
4: you. So how do you explain those lackluster results?
3: Okay, let me just tell you this. I understand money better than anybody. I understand <laughs> it far better than Hillary, and I'm way up on the economy when it comes to Questions on the economy, but we have a, re- a party that I mean I'm, I'm having more difficulty, frankly, with some of the people in the party than I with the Democrats because they're mm. just they don't want to come on. They will probably eventually come on. Honestly, if they don't, it's just fine. I can win it either way. Well, I mean, I may of be probably, better off winning uh, it the opposite way than the more traditional can you win way. It if she but, but let me just tell you, Savannah, you have, I've raised a lot of money, but. You also have to have some help from the party. Matt, excuse me. If it gets to a point, what I'll do is just do what I did in the primaries. I spent $55 million of my you, own money you to win the primaries. 55
2: hmm. First of all, it's Hmm. 45, um, which, again, I said, you know, sure, it's just a 25 percent or 23 percent error. But I mean, you know, I thought I'd point it out. Secondly, always round ups too. always Always round 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 up up from 45 to 55, always round up from 45 to 55. (laughs) You round up from 45 to 50, 50, maybe maybe, I would give you that. Maybe Uh, beyond that. uh, He is not. He is not. He has loaned his campaign this money, loaned it, loaned it. It is owed to Donald Trump. From the Trump campaign. It is a loan. It is completely different. He has had multiple, multiple opportunities to convert these loans to donations, and he has not. He is not limited by how much money he can give to this campaign. It's his campaign. He can give an unlimited amount to it. He's just not doing it because he wants his money back. Beyond that, I mean, me give me this list right here. If you search for Trump, where the money's going, the campaign money, look at all of these answers. Trump Tower. Trump Restaurants, Trump Corporation, Trump Payroll, Trump Plaza, Trump CPS, Trump National Golf Club, Trump International Golf Club, Trump National Doral, Trump International Hotel and Tower in Chicago, Trump Old Post Office, Eric Trump Wine Manufacturing, Trump Soho, Trump International Hotel, Trump International Hotel and Tower, Trump Virginia Acquisitions, Trump International Hotel, Trump Grill, Trump Hotel, Trump Ice, Trump Soho, Trump Cafe. Now that, you might say, is a lot of the money from the Trump campaign going to Donald Trump. But of course, that's just a small slice of it. That's just the companies that have the word Trump in it. The estimated total amount of Trump, uh, of Trump campaign funds that have gone to Donald Trump is over $6 million. They believe about 20% of all the spending is going to his own companies. How that is not criminal, I have no idea. I mean, you can make a really strong argument that there should never be a dollar spent of campaign funds to the 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 company of the guy running the campaign. I mean, that's a. I'm not a campaign finance guy, and honestly, don't want uh, want there to be additional laws. But how that law doesn't exist, I have no idea in this current climate. Uh, To be able to take millions of dollars that you may have donated to Donald Trump so he can funnel them back through his stupid restaurants and uh, shell corporations. Not to mention, every time he flies somewhere in that private jet, everyone's like, wow, you know, uh, most people have to pay for their private jets, but not Donald Trump because Donald Trump has his own private jet. No, he's paying his private jet company to shuttle him around. So he's getting these flights for free from the
1: campaign. Oh, really, Stu? Well, what about Ted Cruz? Yeah. His wife worked for Goldman Sachs.
2: That doesn't make no sense. I see you're
1: not talking about that. That has nothing to do with anything. He's not even in the race. <laughs> That's what I love, though, is when you make a point, and it's it, it's irrefutable. It's an irrefutable point about Donald Trump, uh, as they made last night on a Facebook post. Just, you know, a short one about Lewandowski, who was he was... He doesn't discard people. Oh, but wait, he discarded this person. Uh, and he's discarded, by the way, thousands of employees over the years.
2: Yeah, He's I mean, fired thousands. BuzzFeed did a big article on this a couple of months ago, is is that he, Donald Trump
1: is loyal to you until he's not. Exactly. Uh, and and two point, of three wives, let's not forget, oh, yeah. he's discarded them as well. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I mentioned the Lewandowski thing. He would never do that. He said he would never do that. Well, he just did it. and And nobody cares. And when... And we talked about this on Pat and Stu yesterday, when, when Cruz did the same thing to his uh, campaign guy, to his top aide, uh, for a, a really egregious mistake of saying... But minor compared to yeah, Lewandowski. But minor compared to Lewandowski. But he accused Marco Rubio of uh, saying something... Discounting he, the Bible, basically. Yeah, but he basically just retweeted someone else who said that, which again,
2: Trump does all the time. Um, true. Know, but still, uh, you know... Who starts conversation?
1: Yeah. But, and I think that was a good move by uh, Cruz. I thought so too. But, but he called it disloyal. He said that it, he was weak for sure, doing it. Cruz was weak. Yes. And then and here, so he, is the here he is doing the same. Well, what about Cruz? First of all, Cruz is not even in the race anymore. Why are we talking
2: about and that? And secondly, yeah, but Trump.
1: And that's what it is.
2: And that's what it comes yeah, down to. All those yeah. arguments are just yeah, but Trump. But Trump. Listen to these details, uh, and there's many of them out there. We just gave you all the Trump-related businesses uh, that have been donated to. Trump uh, pulled in, raised three point one million dollars in May, but he paid six point seven million dollars in May. He has one point three million on hand. There are one hundred and twenty-one Congress people who have more on hand than the
1: presidential candidate Donald Trump. One hundred and twenty-one. Congressman. Well, it's probably going to continue this way, because even if you support the guy, he has said he's self-funding. And so that's everybody's perception. Well, he's paying for his own campaign. He doesn't need money from me. He doesn't ask me for money. I'm not going to give him any money, because he's funding it himself. He's a big billionaire. And if Donald Trump
2: was who he said he was, this would be a perfect (laughs) opportunity to say, you know what, I'm sick of this fundraising. People tell me to make phone calls to people. Screw it. A billion dollars just went into the account. A billion. Right. Whatever's left over at the end, I'll refund myself. Yes. I mean, what an amazing statement that would be, and it would mean his word meant something. And it would it mean doesn't. he had that money. And he does, yeah, right, saying, but he yeah, doesn't.
1: Of course not. And everybody knows it. Of course, then
5: if he was self funding, Team Trump wouldn't be sending out emails. Uh, begging
2: people for money. Yep, he had an emergency goal of $100,000 the other day. An emergency goal of $100,000? What are you talking about? Then today, Trump finally, Donald Trump actually sent out what he said was his first campaign email, which of course was not written by him because it had full sentences in it. Um, And it was about, hey, we really need your money. So now they're trying to. The the -the behind-the-scenes Lewandowski stuff was uh, partially based on the idea that Lewandowski said, look, we, we got here winning this way. Mm-hmm. Let Trump be Trump. We don't need this big campaign. We're going to go do it with free media. Lewandowski wanted to stay with that formula. He was able to survive many attempts to get him fired, um, but eventually it stopped working. And part of it is, it, you know, the, the rumor is that he was trying to undermine family members. He was trying to undermine Kushner and Ivanka and their relationship with daddy. And you don't get in the middle of that relationship so whether that's true or not we probably will never know but the idea that lewandowski wanted that old-time campaign that won them the primary and manafort wants the opposite he wants uh, a professional campaign though trump is out there hobnobbing with donors and all the things that supposedly uh, it's too late for that mm -hmm. i think yeah i mean they're going to try they're going to give it a whirl
5: i mean there was a point there um, not too long ago where i honestly i thought donald was going to win i know we all all were there I'm kind of the, not there right I now. I am not either. And I think that what he's, it seems like this is uh, going to be out of character if he can even pull it off. Yeah. And and, and I don't know so if sure he can.
2: And again, like the, uh, j- what you just mentioned is a good reminder that this could change again in two weeks. I mean, it, it, it could. easily could. Yeah, it could. I don't think Trump is, you know, uh, uh, my basis on thinking he might win is that. I just feel like bad things happen when I want the opposite to happen. So, but, but like looking they at his have they been doing it
5: that way for quite some time?
2: Every metric you'd look at would say he's going to lose this race by a huge amount. I mean, for example, the RNC is another source of his funding. M- money pours into the RNC. I'm remembering these from a, a post earlier today, but the past four campaign cycles, I think— Bush in 2004 had like they had like t- mid twenties, you know. Again, he's running as an incumbent, so the money is not quite as important when mm-hmm. you're running as an incumbent. But they had like 25, 26 million dollars in 2004, 2008. It was something like 50 million uh, for when McCain was going. In 2012, it was like 67 million. Uh, right now, at the same, and they're all at the same point in like May. The RNC has like 20 million, which is lower than even 2004 Bush running as an incumbent and way less than McCain or Romney. People don't want to put money into this because they know most likely it's a losing effort. And secondly, even if you win, you lose. And no one wants to be part of that, understandably. I mean, it's one thing to say, "Okay, well, better than Hillary, I guess. It's another thing to put your money up for that. And people don't want to do it. Um, The uh, the amount of information coming out from. Uh from this is pretty embarrassing, I think, for, for Donald Trump. Um, the point of, um, and Jonah, Jonah Goldberg had, has a piece today, uh, let's see if I can pull it up here real quick, where he's talking about um, what's going on with this funding. Um, and it's. he makes a great point, first of all. You have this whole situation where you know this disastrous funding report is coming out. You know that's happening. Why do you fire Lewandowski before that report? Why not let the report wait 24 hours? Let the report come out. It's a disaster. Then you fire Lewandowski. There's a legitimate reason why you might do it. It takes away from the conversation of how bad you're doing. Instead, they fire him first, deal with that entire bad news cycle, then release another terrible report. By the way, they did the uh, the Lewandowski thing on Monday morning, the worst possible time to release news like this. They just don't seem to have any idea what they're doing. Right. No, they don't. Uh, but they're terrible. Listen to, listen to this. This is, um, um, this is now uh, Jonah Goldberg. The man um, who believe, some believe, and I would say many people here believe, is a con man who got into this a PR stunt that accidentally succeeded, is spending 20% of his money on his ads. He, uh, not on his ads. He's airing none. But on rent and other payments to his own businesses. Events at Mar-a-Lago. Are one of his leading expenses. This is a building he owns. What do you mean <laughs> expenses? What, what the hell? What, you're telling me you can donate this money to the campaign, but you can't get a you can't get a free event at Mar-a-Lago, or at least pay it off immediately. Um, but the bonus, the alleged mega mm-hmm. billionaire appears, and I don't know. I have not seen the backing of this yet. But Joe Goldberg doesn't just make this stuff up. Appears to be drawing. A salary. Donald Trump appears to be drawing a salary from his campaign. Now, why in the hell would he be doing that if he was donating $50 million or $100 million? Why would you be, do- why would you be giving yourself a salary out of the money you're donating? He's not donating the money. He's lending it to him. He has all, I'm sure, intents to, to get that money back. And he will wait until the general election money starts to flow in and start trickling that back, especially if he thinks he's going to lose. He's not going to lose and spend $100 million. Oh, he's yeah. going to make sure. Now, if he's going to become president, he probably looks at that and say, you know what, I will spend $50 million to become president. Uh, because it, it'll be worth much more than that to him. And I'm sure he would see that as a valid investment. But if he's down by 12 points in October, that money's starting to come back to him.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really I mean, to see the lies and the deception of this guy, Uh, you know, and it's too late now. It's just too late. And they, you know, his supporters still don't care anyway. Something you may care about is uh, an emergency situation that leaves you without food. Uh, You don't want that to happen. And in almost every emergency, it takes... About three days for help to arrive, whether it's FEMA you're waiting for or uh, local help or whatever to organize, to get supplies, to put it together, to get it out to the people is almost always three days. That's why the 72-hour kit from My Patriot Supply is so valuable. And at just $10, you you, you can't pass it up. At least you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I mean, because the $10 thing is, is really the thing that, that, that gets
2: me in the boat. Yeah. I mean, I... I you know, for 10 freaking dollars again like i it's a, a lot of peace of mind for 10 bucks for 10 bucks you get three days worth of food that you can easily have ready to go in case mm-hmm. you need to go somewhere in, a, in an emergency in case you have to be in the house uh for an emergency situation uh, it's going to uh it's going to give you the most basic thing you need and it's going to knock out as we've said before probably three quarters of the types of emergencies you face in these situations easily. i mean because you know there are those things that are longer term and my Patriot supply can handle all of that for you as well. But when you're talking about the major things you can knock off the list to give you peace of mind to get through the basic emergencies, a 72 hour kit's going to do most of that work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get it right now for 10 bucks 888 411 6844. Again, think of how much just three days of food costs. It's way more than 10 bucks. You can get three days of food that is good food that you can actually eat. For 10 bucks, 888-411-6844 or online, preparewiththeblaze.com, preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com.
4: When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken.
2: vipat saying that uh, donald trump is the number three danger to the economy uh by experts she does not disclose, disclose that she's one and two yeah that's the uh that's the only problem there uh but i mean it's funny that she's doing this she I, she's going to try to put this away early i wonder if she's going to be able to it's not impossible and and this has been the craziest campaign cycle of all time it's not impossible that donald trump is right and doesn't think spending any money right now, may, may, spending money now makes any sense. And he's going to come in with a billion dollars in the last month and try to win this thing. Uh, it's not impossible. It's, you know, it, the plan from Hillary Clinton seems let's define him now when early on, get out ahead of this, spend some cash, uh, put this guy away and and, you know, walk to the finish line.
1: And she may be able to do it. But I mean, it's not a guarantee <laughs> by any means. No. If she keeps wearing. Uh, A <laughs> uh, that jacket that she's got Yeah, on. your mic's not on. If she keeps wearing that
5: jacket that she's got out behind you. Yeah. That uh, I, I don't know that that's the, uh, the ten thousand dollar potato sack.
2: It kind of.
5: But that's a designer jacket. It looks, it, really yeah. it looks really bad. It looks really
1: bad.
2: It kind of looks like a bunch of uh, sort of horizontally parallel pipe cleaners. <laughs> which means it's going to be
1: worth 15,000. <laughs> yes, not that that's a bad look though. You know. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. I did, did I say that? I don't no, think no, I. No, you,
5: know. no, you revert your eyes from the, ankle, the ankles, man.
2: Uh, yes. Uh, do we have do we play the uh there's two trump clips here, right? Uh, did you yeah. play, we we play, this play this play one the on part. the Lewandowski thing because yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. Again, remember this guy, the truth here it, by all reports is that The family and a bunch of other operatives didn't like Lewandowski. He was playing a really shady game behind the scenes, which, of course, he is because that's who the man is. He's a terrible human being. That's why Trump Um, liked him. And that's why Trump liked him so much. But he started shaking the wrong trees like family members, people that Trump cared about more than Lewandowski. So he got ditched. So he ditched Lewandowski,
1: right? Did he really like their peaches? Is that why he wanted to shake their tree? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe you really liked uh, Ivanka's peaches and that's why you I wanted to shake the cream I am not I gotta comment on Ivanka's peaches <laughs>
2: Uh, if you want someone to a com- to com- uh, comment on Ivanka's peaches, ask Daddy, because he's addressed them many times. He's talked about her peaches he quite has. a few times. Even
5: before they were peaches. Yes. Uh, Jeffy, you'll know the answer yes. to this, probably.
2: <laughs> before we move on to this actual story, because Je- Pat has now sidetracked me. Uh, uh, is the picture of Donald Trump creepily cradling a 12-year-old Ivanka on the car? Is that a legitimate picture?
1: I think I think it's been around for a long, long oh, time. is that I where think she's in is. kind of a mini skirt and he's got <laughs> yeah. his, he's got
2: I, arms around her, like are, hands on the lap. Yeah, he, that's that an is act, a real. Yeah, picture. I think it is. I think is, she's yeah. about
1: fourteen or sixteen. She's older than twelve, and that. But that might have been her not coming much. out If Hardy I'm not or mistaken, like it was about was 16, 16 or fifteen yeah. or sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is the creepiest picture maybe yeah. out there. I mean, he loves his daughter. Yeah, he loves boy. He does love his daughter, and I mean, it's creepy looking. It's, it's creepy, really creepy. Maybe we could find that photo because if that's a yeah. real photo, that it is. Yeah, yeah there's a it couple is. other
5: ones out there where they're uh, together creepily as father and daughter. I mean, the only yeah. thing
1: we don't have them doing is tongue kissing. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, which we, you know he probably we, doesn't. We, I mean, he's, I don't know. I
5: mean, he he's said, you know, <laughs> he, he, he he always says
1: if she wasn't right,
5: then. you know, he All does right. give the precursor out. So I think he's just creepily in love with her, but he. He knows I, that it's I, way beyond him.
2: Honestly, though, the main line stopping this from happening is her. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Like, it's. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest about it. I don't think he has a line there. I think she has a line there. Well, when that's very he possible. was
1: asked what the what they what they, what they share in common. Ow.
7: He said
2: he sex. Said sex. <laughs>
3: that's
1: well, what,
3: that's what he said. I know. Well, they that's both true.
2: like it. I mean, you know so, that is not Come what on, he meant. they both like it. That is not what he meant. You uh, that is and if it is, it's weird. He shouldn't weird. know she likes it that much. It right? Is like weird. why does he have that knowledge? Mhm. It's weird. do you talk to your parents? No, not about that. No, no, no one does. <laughs> All right, let's watch uh, this Trump thing. And again, the main reason thing I want you to get out of this is Donald Trump is supposed to be a guy that tells it like it is. Is this really what happened with Corey Lewandowski? Watch.
3: He's a good man. We've had great success. Uh, uh, you know, I got more primary votes than anybody in the know, history of the Republican Party this by a it. tremendous amount, not by a little bit. Uh, I think Cory's terrific. I watched him before. He was terrific toward me. I uh, hmm? said I was a talented person and he's a talented person. He's a good guy. He's a friend of mine. But I think it's time now for a different kind of a campaign. We ran a Mm -hmm. uh, small, beautiful, uh, well-unified campaign. It worked very well in the primaries. Uh, I think I'm probably going to do some of that. I want to keep it a little bit very much in control. As an example, I have 73 people. Hillary Clinton has like almost 900 people, and we're in the same position so you know there's something nice about that I got criticized for that I said wait a minute I've spent much less money than her and the results so far is the same no it's not I should be credited for that but with Corey I'm really proud of him. He did a great job, but we're going to go a little bit of a different route. All right. So it's a different it's uh, from this style. It's a different style. And yeah, a little some, different style. Okay. Yeah, all right. A little different okay, style. But see, yeah, here's Bill. the thing.
2: If God, this guy's a great guy that managed your campaign to this brilliance, and you believe him, and he's a nice guy, and you guys still get along. And, and Lewandowski's playing the company line here. I think he wants to be Billy Martin and get rehired again. But, But – Let's just say let's just say for a second that uh that idea is true. Why no. wouldn't you just change his role? Why wouldn't you put him in another position? Like for example send him to Ohio. I think he's from Ohio, isn't he? he? I think that's where he started. He ran or he at least ran a campaign in Ohio at one point. Send him to an important swing state to run the campaign there. Send him to uh, fundraising. Send him to just organizing, organizing activists. Send him to one of a thousand different roles that wouldn't have him he's running. We're
5: dinners at mar lago
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they say the, the people who don't like him in the campaign are like, yeah, what did Corey even do? He ran the tour. Essentially, that's the way they demean him. Right. Then let him run the tour. Right. Let him run the campaign events. If you want the, the audience to get the crap beat out of him, let him run the campaign yeah. events. Let him do mm-hmm. something. You don't boot the guy from, all sal- from a salary position and get him out of the campaign because he's a wonderful guy and we're going in a different direction. You just move him around. This happens all the time. There's a huge rift in that campaign, and the reason why he's gone is because everyone hated him because he's a terrible guy who does terrible things behind the scenes and lies to everybody. Yeah. Um, and, huh. you know, that's at this least is everything that's been reported. Right? Yes. Corey oh, Lewandowski. I, just, now, I don't think again. any of the other Trump people are good people either. <laughs> I mean, you know, straight up. I mean, all these people are not good people, but still like Lewandowski, I think is a whole other brand. But it is the brand of Trump. Yeah. He is the only person in the campaign who's truly consistent with Trump's character. And has um, been. And, you know, and the fact that he's getting rid of him uh, and uh, and being disloyal to this wonderful man who's done nothing yeah. but like Trump too much and let Trump be Trump too much is pretty revealing about Trump's loyalty,
1: which uh, doesn't exist. The other thing that's kind of revealing is this photograph of Donald Trump and his daughter, Ivanka. Um you be the judge i mean you tell me you tell me uh that's not the one i was thinking of but, <laughs> that's kind of uh, the one i think i was thinking yeah. is that the I one mean, you were thinking of okay i i had there's not another one yeah, she might only be one, yeah. 12 in that one she's got a mini skirt on in the one i've seen okay and he's kind of <laughs> that's the one i was picturing I, and again i at
2: 12 i mean that's it's, it, i look in, in yeah, a I circumstance know, a where dad hasn't said he wants to have sex with his daughter sure, yeah, 90 times, it's not
1: it as probably. bad.
2: It's still a little, I don't know, but I mean, again, a, a, a still still, photo, who knows, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, in the context of multiple public statements about how hot she is and how they would be dating if they weren't related and how they have sex in common, it's a little odd.
1: yes. <laughs> yes, triple eight seven two seven back. More packs. Can't love your kids up. anymore. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think it's her line. I don't think it's his.
2: I don't think it's <laughs> him saying <laughs> it. But.
1: photo right there that I was thinking of wow that's creepy I I think that's worse than the other one that's really weird really weird that looks like a couple in love right it's like in romantic love is what that looks like Uh, but it's just weird all right Uh, swing state polls show a close race between Clinton and Trump according to um, Breitbart (laughs) on Thursday Democrat leaning PPP Released a poll of Virginia voters showing Clinton leading by three.
2: <laughs> this is the poll they're highlighting? Yeah. These people are shameless. <laughs> he's lost every... We've been destroyed in
1: poll after poll after poll. Mm-hmm. Bro, he's close in swing states. Yeah. Right.
2: right. These people. It's unbelievable.
1: Pennsylvania shows a uh, supposed tie, Florida... As Clinton by 1. It, well, this this is a state that Trump should win as a Republican. What? And she's to Florida. Well, I mean it's a and purple she's, state. And she's she's leading. It's crazy. I mean, so uh,
2: there there is another Quinnipiac poll came out and had had Clinton up by 8 in, in Florida. Oh, really? Um, yeah, wow. That's uh, now there was there's some states that are show Pennsylvania was pre- pretty close if I remember correctly. Um, in, uh, in that one. And, 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 you know, again, if you want to have a case for Donald Trump, it's that he can do things like win in Pennsylvania um, and not lose, by the way, states like Kansas, where he's down by seven, and Utah, where he's tied. I mean, he has to win all those other states that he's not really winning right now, plus pick up things like Pennsylvania. The road seems to be difficult, especially when he's losing hmm. national polls by an average of six points. Again, an average of six John McCain, in one, of the most, in one of the worst losses in recent memory, lost by seven. His loss was a seven-point loss. Donald Trump is currently down by six. Mm. Uh, and, of course, some polls show that lead to be even larger. Um, if that's just the average of the polls. Um, but, I mean, he might, again, he Trump, because he's Trump, and yeah, but Trump, he might wind up winning this thing. But there's very little evidence as right now to support that he's going to pull, be able to pull this off. But he might. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, him winning the the primary was was insane, insanity. I mean, straight up like crazy, crazy town. I mean, like the worst decision made by any group of people in human history.
1: Uh, you know, without question, like that bad. Without question, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, yesterday there was some good news though. The Senate blocked four gun control measures. Not one, two. Three and some of them were from Four. Republicans too, right? Yeah, there aren't a couple yeah. of
2: them from Republicans.
1: Yeah, uh, one was an amendment by Chuck uh, Grassley to expand funding for an already existing gun background check program that needed 60 votes to move forward. It uh, lost 53-47. The second vote was for a measure proposed by Chris Murphy to enhance gun background checks and halt the so-called gun show loophole. That lost 44-56. Uh, Additionally, Cornyn, John Cornyn, pushed an amendment that would allow the government to delay a firearm sale to a suspected terrorist for 72 hours. That measure would require prosecutors to go to court to show probable cause uh, to permanently block, block the sale. Even with the backing of the NRA, that bill fell failed fifty three forty seven.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. The NRA was okay with that one. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, wow. do you have the vote on that uh, by any chance? Fifty three forty seven. Right, but the split. Because no. I've seen a couple people say essentially, and I know I unfortunately closed the article, that essentially the Democrats are the ones that blocked some of these because they wanted it as the, an election issue. So they didn't go along with the Cornyn thing, for example, and I, I, I could be screwing this up, but that the, this was the argument mm. uh, that they what they didn't go along with sensible actual gun regulations, like the, the Cornyn one, which you know the NRA is backing it. You probably it's probably not that horrible, right? And I think that's a, that's a while I don't know that it's constitutional. It's a mildly rational way to deal with this. Like if you have suspicion of a guy enough to put him on the no fly list. You give them a three day waiting period and the court, the, this the country has to make their case as to why this person should mm-hmm. be should lose their rights. At least that again, it's probably unconstitutional, but at least it's something. Um, and they, they didn't support that. Do we know if any Democrats voted against that?
1: I, I don't have it here, so we'd have to look that up. Jeffy um, right now is, is working on it. Okay, so, so by tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> that's, that's we might go. have some updates. You know what? You're going to be damn
2: lucky to you're, have it then. You're even helping. Oh, wait, now we've gone to old Jeffy footage, and you can't <laughs> tell the difference. Now you're even helping us, and we're, we're, and we're hitting you, and then that's wrong. By the way, if you notice, nope, Jeffy. No, it's not listed anywhere. <laughs> you notice Jeffy in the new footage and the old footage, same shirt today. Yeah. there's the new footage, and then we have the, there's the old footage. I'm lucky I have a shirt. <laughs> it's true. Some days when you don't see Jeffy on the air a lot, it's probably because he's not wearing a shirt for that show. We try to limit that footage. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see that because it, like, taking out the Constitution for a second, and this is something you should not do as a lawmaker, but taking out the Constitution for a moment, if the the, the, the government says, all right, we have somebody who's suspected, we don't have enough on them to mm-hmm. necessarily charge him at this point. They just came in and tried to buy uh, an AR-15. What do we do? hey, how about we wait for three days and we have to make a case as to why they probably should be banned from this. Um, Other than charging with a crime, I don't know how you actually do ban them, but okay, you go in front of a judge and a judge makes that decision. Now, a judge should not be able to take your constitutional right without due process, so I don't think it's still right. However, maybe you give them a three-day window to actually file charges. You know, yeah. maybe that's the window. Um, but again, if you take the Constitution out of it for a second, I can
1: understand how that that might be a common sense gun measure.
2: Mm-hmm. Still, still loses.
1: Still lost. Mm-hmm. All of them did. Meanwhile, John Carl uh, pressed Senator Chris Murphy a little bit about his latest gun proposals and how they wouldn't stop anything. Uh, here's what happened there.
3: But you specifically are pushing a bill and have been pushing a bill, and it will be voted on on Monday, to close the so-called gun show loophole. Um, would that have done anything to stop the massacre in Orlando?
6: No. S- so it, 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 may, it, yeah, it may have in the sense that if you partner it together with a bill that stops terrorists from But, but, but wait cuts. a minute, he, he didn't buy those guns at, a, at, 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 a, at a gun show. Plan?
3: And he would right. have passed the background, he did pass a background check.
6: He did right. pass a background check, but if the Feinstein bill was in effect, he, the FBI could have put him on the list of those who are prohibited from getting guns. And but what if did. he went into the gun store and was denied? Then he could have just gone online or to a gun show okay, and but, bought but, another home. What, what I'm gun. trying
3: to get at is, is we hear every time there, there's one of these terrible tragedies, there's these proposals, your proposal would have done nothing in the case of Orlando, it would have done nothing to stop the, the killing in San Bernardino, and in fact... Was is unrelated to the killing in, in in Newtown. So 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 why? I mean why? I mean. Why why are we focusing on things that have nothing to do with the massacres that we are responding
6: to? Well, so first of all, we can't get into that trap. I disagree. I think if this proposal had been into effect, it may have stopped this shooting. Oh, good gosh. We can't get into the trap in which we are forced (laughs) to defend a proposal simply because it didn't stop the last tragedy. We should be making our gun laws less full of Swiss cheese holes so that future killings don't happen. That trap is an impossible
1: one. You know, we, let's Carly. not get into the trap yeah. of you're actually doing something that would work. Yeah. I want to just do something. I'm not doing something that will work. I'm just doing something. Don't trap me into something good. Let's not get into this trap in which I lose this argument. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: go yeah. to a place That's where we good. deny reality and I win the argument. Is a great it. job by
1: John Carl. Yep, John Carl,
2: great job there. Great and job. again... The test here is an unfair test, not to Democrats, but to Republicans. Crafting a law that would solve a previous crime is easy. Mm -hmm. You know the details of the crime. It's quite easy to come up with a law that would prevent a previous crime. They can't even do that. Because, of course, this has nothing to do with these crimes. It has nothing to do with these people, uh, poor people in Orlando who are dead and the families that are suffering. It is a gun control power grab. And these are policies they've wanted for a long time. And they're attempting to use the emotion and the grief of the moment to pass it on the dead bodies in the Orlando nightclub. It is uh, never let a crisis go to waste. It's that in practice. It's got nothing to do with those people. If it did, you could at least justify an effort to try to solve the problem that led to that crime.
1: Yeah, if we're doing hindsight laws, I could can, I can pass a law right now that stops the JFK assassination. Right. No presidential motorcades in Dallas, Texas. Right. But at least... You, you know. could make the
2: argument, well, it would have at least stopped this one. Now, it's dumb, but they can't even make that argument. They can't, they can't even make, Marco Rubio said this in one of the debates, they fact-checked it as true. None of these laws would prevent any of these incidents. And not one. Not even proposing. one of them. I yeah. mean, you go back to the movie theater, That most of that was done with a shotgun. Most deaths in this country are done with handguns. We all, it's, it's like, they and, and this is the, uh, the argument with this, is they just want it as an election issue. They actually don't want these things to pass. Right. They want to be known as the people who don't like guns because they don't like murders. Um, and they can try that all they want. I just don't think it's going to actually, uh, I mean, yeah, I, you never are surprised by the American people uh, doing things that are in ill-advised. But, I mean, these, these efforts do tend to fail. And, uh, you know, hopefully that continues. We have a constitution to prevent people like this in situations like this. Well, you
1: know why? The evil uh, NRA has spent trillions of dollars over the years. Trillions of dollars. Getting people elected, handing out bribes, lobbying people. 10, 15, 20 trillion, quadrillion, bazillion dollars they've spent. Nobody even knows the exact... Well, okay, yeah, wait. No, it's $22 million. This is 1999. $22 million. And they act like they have spent all the money in the universe to uh, to have their way. When they've spent 22000000 there, million, they're 75th, I think, on the list of, of biggest donors in the world. So it's just that we have a constitutional amendment that says our constitutional rights shall not be infringed. So... I mean that's why at least the Senate and the Congress stand up for that. That's one thing they do stand up for. More Pat and Stu coming up. <laughs> A second nah, nah, nah,
2: the, nah, nah, nah. the Cornyn Amendment, which was backed by the NRA, that said uh-huh. you get a three day period uh, if you find somebody on the terror watch list that's trying to buy a gun, they get three days and to delay the sale.
1: Turn. Right Watch list, right. gu- you right. buy a gun when you're on the terror watch list. You can't fly, but you can buy a gun and kill people and shoot them
2: and stuff. But again, if I if terror I, watch list, dude. The, the list, watch list that's terrorists are on. By the way, the list they all opposed. They all opposed it when it was actually made. The list, uh,
1: right? Bush. Sure, they right. all hated it. Another crazy little aspect of this.
2: Hypocrites. Thing. Oh. But uh, again, like I'm looking at these, this, these votes. Fifty-three, mm-hmm. forty-seven. The two votes that were fifty-three, forty-seven were the Grassley amendment would expand funding for an already existing gun background check program. Okay. Okay. The other one was John Cornyn, who said you get three days to permanently uh, to permanently say they can't buy a gun, so they'd have to go in front of a judge. Or
1: they just wait for right. three, three days and then they can get the gun.
2: Right. Both of those bills, as I look at it, and yeah. again, I, you know, governments, these damn votes get complicated with cloture and all those other things. But it looks like but it looks like the Republicans Democrats. all voted for them and the Democrats Correct. voted against them. Correct. I mean, I uh, I mean that, I, there's sounds... an article from The Federalists as I mentioned, that says, uh, and I'll tweet it out. You can look at it. Democrats tanked gun control to up their election chances. Um, and they wanted to say, "Well, we tried to get these things, and every news broadcast went along with it today." Sure Four did. gun control measures all failed.
1: They all failed be because d- the Democrats voted against them. Yeah, and they when when if they're ever pressed on it, which they haven't been so far, they'll say, "Well, these didn't go far enough. We we're not going to vote for these uh, bills that did not go far enough to protect the lives of innocent Americans." That's all. Whereas, if it's a crappy bill that Republicans vote against, it's, well, there's going to be no perfect bill. Right. Uh, you, can't, you can't show me a per- perfect bill. Of course, there are some problems with it, but it's better than nothing. Got to do something. How come they're not like that with this issue? Because they want to use it in November. These are the worst people on the face of the earth. They are the worst living human beings. Democrats in office right now, from Harry Reid to Nancy Pelosi... They're all the worst human beings uh, on the face of the earth. Including Elizabeth Warren? Uh, Yes, and including Elizabeth Warren. Did you see her great tweet last night? No, I did not. Uh, At Chris Murphy
5: uh, said it right. The Senate GOP have decided to sell weapons to ISIS.
2: Yeah. I think Warren said,
5: Warren said, wants to sell. Yes, wants to have decided to sell weapons to ISIS.
1: Unreal. 727 back. Pat and Stu, uh, eventually we'll have to get into this. uh, (laughs) Stu and I are watching, and and eventually Jeffy's probably going to join us. But uh, uh, I don't think you have ESPN, right? I do not. uh,
5: Hulu uh, does not, uh, when you go to the ESPN part of Hulu, doesn't have it up there yet. Okay. so so You can buy
2: each episode for just uh, $1.99.
5: Yeah, or I could, you know, there's a cable company going around the neighborhood that's probably going to reinstall a cable box or something.
2: Why would they do that? They're just going around the neighborhood. They're going around the neighborhood all of a sudden. And I said, what are you guys
5: doing? They said, hey, we're installing cable boxes in the house, in people's houses. I was like, you mean
1: you're just coming in and doing it? Yeah. So, all right, I'll let you. I'll let them in. It's a pretty good deal, too, because those guys, same guys came to my house. Same company. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to convert all the Verizon wireless people. And At first, I told them, look. They offered me, uh, you well, know. and it's not
2: Verizon anymore. I think I popped by. Yes, right. First, it, it's
1: owned by Frontier now. But uh, they offered of the program, me. Right? I only—I think I only have two DVRs right now that actually, you know, do the uh, f- stopping and recording of live TV or the. Yeah, you can rewind it. And yeah, do all that, that stuff. You know what DVRs? Never be four. Yes. <laughs> for less. Four yes. DVRs for less than the two I'm paying for now. It's pretty good. Plus more channels. And I said, no.
5: well, that's, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop the guy from coming in. I know. They're pretty relentless. I, what are you? They're pretty relentless. Why are you just barging into
1: my house, putting in cable yeah, boxes? The, the backstory here is Jeffy's Mr. I'm going to unplug from the system, and he's <laughs> incapable of doing it. Yeah, he couldn't, he's tried it for a couple months, and it was too much for him. No, so he's well, back. I could, I well, yeah, we, uh, of course, love our cable providers, dimensions. and we think we I should all take have it. cable I, subscriptions. I
5: am, yes. I am 100% missing cable which is why I let the guy I, yeah, break I, down my door
1: you, and put it in. You know what stopped it. me in the end? Even with the free DVRs and all that stuff, uh, the Blaze is on um, Fios. And that's, that's what kept me. So thank you, Fios, for having the Blaze. Um, so, uh, and thank you to all our cable providers and satellite provider. For carrying the blaze, Um, but the point of that was we're watching this OJ thing that we'll have to get into. It's the OJ Made in America uh, documentary on ESPN. Pretty interesting. It's it's seven and a half hours long, Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's a it's kind of a big commitment for for a documentary. But it's one of the more interesting uh, documentaries I I think you'll see. I think they spend way too much time on racial issues that have nothing to do with OJ, but I. Part of what they're trying to do is show you that O.J. refused to get involved in any of that stuff.
2: Yeah, there's two things that they're trying to show with that, I think. Which is, one, what you're talking about. O.J. was... A guy who didn't want to get involved in the black causes of He was of above the it day. all. He was above it all. He was OJ. He was. He wanted to be seen in many ways, like Martin Luther King described it. And he was. By the content of my character, not by the color of my and skin. And he was. Um, and he was. He was completely. What? I mean, everyone loved him no matter what. Yep. Um, and, you know, there were some people in the black activist movement uh, and the Black Panther movement. Tried uh, to drag him in. Tried to drag him into it, And he didn't want any part of it. Um, so he really, you know, went the other way. That's, that's true, and it's interesting to see, and they paint that as very negative. It's, it's in a very negative light. He sh- the, well, they the,
1: essentially call him an Uncle Tom.
2: Yes, it. I would say that's kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. That, and that's the other part of it is, in a way, they're trying to say, well, he wasn't really black. You know, this whole thing we've been told throughout the 90s that this is you don't understand black culture. That's why you can't see why they let him off. Why they why they voted him uh, to be, uh, you know, uh, not guilty. Uh, You don't understand the black community and their issues. And then this documentary is painting it. Well, you don't understand. He wasn't black. (laughs) <laughs> you can't blame black people he wasn't black he it was white he was saying, this is saying. essentially white people did this yeah it's essentially the take yes. of this documentary many years removed yes. part of that is because now polling shows that even the majority of blacks believe he actually murdered nicole and
1: uh and uh ronald goldman oh they go to great lengths but, though to show you how white the guy was yeah he, he hung out with white people all white friends he hung out with a white ceo of hertz yeah he hung out with white people at white country clubs he not only was were they white country he was the first black to ever go into one that's how white this guy is <laughs> i mean it's kind of weird that they're dwelling on it so much and and but uh, there's some amazing footage of his early years where you see how great he was as a football player at was USC. And then he was OJ. And then the Bills. I mean, he was juice. He was terrific. And then to think later on he murdered two people in cold blood like that just Allegedly. was pretty, pretty amazing. And I will blood. say, that, Allegedly. too, <laughs> it, 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 one of the goals of all the racial stuff is to build a foundation,
2: to let you understand. And I think what they're trying to say is you need to understand why they made this horrible decision, which is. Everything else in their lives was told that, uh, you know, here is uh, this racist bunch of cops and they're always treating people badly. and There's all these controversies. Mm -hmm. And then here comes they're going to try to take down the most visible black man in America. How dare you? And so they didn't you can't expect them to listen to any of the evidence. You can't expect them to treat this as a fair case where two people were murdered. You can't expect them to care about how she was beaten over and over and over and over again before this incident happened. Mm -hmm. You need to understand the context of the moment where people were treating it as if, well, we're getting revenge on all these white cops who other times did things wrong. But we're going to get them back for this time when he they didn't do anything wrong. While I understand that, that there was a lot of truth to that, it's not excusable behavior for yeah. anybody white or black. You're supposed to go in there. The whole point of this justice system is to go in there and take every uh, instance individually. The same thing has happened uh, with many people over the Michael Brown case or whatever. Was it a Michael? Uh, what the, why am I thinking? Of, all of a sudden, I can't remember the guy's name. I thought it was it Brown yeah, uh, it was. OK, there, there was one the, the one, one, was Michael Brown. Right. Where the the hands up, don't shoot case mm-hmm. where everyone's like, oh, it's, he said hands up, don't shoot. Well, there's no real evidence that he did that. It's one of the mm-hmm. is like one of the politifact like lies of the year, if I remember correctly, uh, where they said, no, this, is, this didn't even happen. Yeah, um, there's no real evidence that it did happen. Um, however, people are allowed to say, well, I've been wronged in other areas. So therefore, this white cop should pay. Yeah, no, that's that's completely wrong. At least with Mark Furman, he was a douche uh, in many areas, as he pretty much even admits in this documentary that he did things that weren't uh, right. Yeah, Um, but but still, like at least you could make the argument in that case with the Brown thing. This guy was uh, exemplary, and there's no reason to believe he did anything like this.
1: It's 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 a fascinating series, though. And um, you know, speaking of which, we fascinating episode of uh, Glenn Beck's uh, TV show last night when they talked about the five miracles. Of the Six-Day War. Last week was the 49-year anniversary of that, and it's something nobody paid any attention to, uh, except on the Glenn Beck program, and here's what happened last night.
0: At the very beginning, in 1967, the entire Arab world had to unite. And they united to ensure one thing, the destruction of Israel. They wanted them all dead and out of there. And so armies from four nations surrounded Israel from all, the, all sides. Soldiers from the United Arab Republic outnumbered the Israeli Defense Force two to one. The Arab army had twice the number of tanks and uh, and over four times the amount of planes conventionally speaking this should have been a bloodbath It should have been over in six days except the other side should have won I'm going to show you tonight not the finger of God but the whole hand of God because there is no rational way to explain what happened the entire hand of God I take you to May fifteenth, 1967 Israel was still celebrating their Independence Day when they received word that Egypt had begun massing troops and equipment on the Sinai. Here's Egypt. This was kind of no man's land, if you will, uh, a UN area. And so Egypt starts moving their troops, massive amounts of troops, into the Sinai right up on the border. The entire Egyptian army was put on alert, and what happened? Syria and Jordan start doing the same thing. And they're also on high alert. Then May 17th, two days later, Egyptian or uh, the Egyptians make a sudden declaration to the U.N. And remember, this is this is the U.N. blue helmet people. They're all here and they're protecting this area. They say, get out of here and get out of here so now the u.n has to leave anything that was u.n protected and they say get out of gaza and sinai egypt formally uh, uh, formally unites with all the surrounding arab nations on the 20th and then they blockade the strait of tehran which is is right here okay now, when you did that, it constituted a full, a full unofficial declaration of war. So what happens? The Iraqis, everybody wants the Jews dead. So the Iraqis come down, and they start sending their troops. Everybody is. The United Arab Republic Army troops uh, uh, are joined uh, in Jordan. And the first week of June, something huge was about to happen. Foreign embassies in Israel began recalling all of their citizens. Foreign airlines began terminating all of their flights. The Israeli people were panicked. And they started calling this the second holocaust for a very good reason. Because they knew they were completely surrounded and cut off. And massive amounts of troops were coming for them. Amongst all of the hysteria, there were the quiet voices of the rabbis in both Israel and abroad. And they started to gather people, and they started speaking of a coming victory. I want to pay attention to one rabbi. He stood in New York. And he stood there in New York City, 20,000 Jews in New York City, and this is what he said. He said, when it comes to Israel, God is guarding them and sending them his blessings and salvation in extraordinary message, uh, measure. The people of Israel will emerge from the current situation with remarkable success. He told his people, don't despair. But instead, instead of getting angry, instead of screaming in the streets, do good deeds. Does this sound familiar? This sounds exactly like George Washington. He said, do good deeds in the merit of their brothers in Israel. The merit badge, the purple heart. He then went and he quoted Leviticus. He said, and I will bring peace to the land and you will lie down with no one to frighten you. And he went on. God will extract the Jewish nation from all the hardships with his full, open, holy and outstretched hand. And he will bring them peace and tranquility. Now, this is just one of the rabbis in New York. But this is this is what they were all saying all over the world. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind the situation. These rabbis, if you are just a a, a normal human being, you're a Jew, you've just, remember it's 1967, you're 20 years, 22 years away from the Holocaust, you were alive and you're like, are you kidding me? They're surrounding us, they're going to kill everybody. All sides surrounded in numbers that dwarfed their own. Destruction was absolutely imminent. So Israel had to make a, a choice. What do they do? Early June 5th, they knew that they were surrounded and they were dead. They had to strike first. So early in the morning, 200 airplanes from Israel headed out to strike Egyptian targets in the Sinai. They flew out and they not the troops. They came and they start hitting the airfields and all of the airplanes in this area. There are only 200 of them. A Jordanian radar reporter, um, he detected a massive aircraft, and he immediately gets on the the, uh, airwaves, jubilantly broadcast, the war has finally begun. Finally was the word. Imagine the Arab world, how excited they were. It's going to be a bloodbath. We're going to finally get rid of that damn Jew. And you could hear the excitement in the radar operator's voice, I'm sure. Israel was about to be annihilated. And he would bring the good news. Which brings me to miracle number one. Miracle number one. The Jordanian message was sent straight to Egypt's defense minister. But there was a problem. The Egyptians had changed their coding frequencies the day before. And the Jordanians also hadn't been updated. So the Arab Arab army was at its highest state of alert, but yet somehow, this night, they were both deaf and blind. God's chosen people flew straight through the Egyptian defenses, and they obliterated six airfields and half of the enemy's air forces. They achieved total superiority in the air within the first five or six hours on the very first day. Now, because it was a small air force, the Israeli air force now had been in constant battle for over 24 hours. Air operations ground to a halt. Fuel ammunition depleted. The pilots were operating on zero sleep. And so they come back into Israel and now they're grounded. And now the Israelis know, boy, now we're in trouble because now now that we have started this and we have taken out all their planes, now these forces are going to come pouring in and an Arab counterattack is coming. And the Israelis braced for the worst. Miracle number two. The Arab army still controlled a massive force. They were ready in the Sinai. Reports are hard to decipher as, as far as why the inevitable counterattack never came, but witnesses say that the Egyptian leaders were reduced to giving incoherent and disorganized orders to their men. I seem to have read the confusing of language someplace before. I mean, that sounds familiar. The Israeli army couldn't believe it. They took advantage and they pressed their own attack into the Sinai. Miracle number three as the Israelis pushed forward, they began to hear massive explosions from the Arab lines. And as the IDF approached, they discovered that Egypt had destroyed their own equipment and then abandoned all of their positions. And this was happening all up and down the entire Arab line. These guys were destroying. They were confused. Then they came under attack. They destroyed their own equipment and they ran back. They ran away. Wow. Now, the old city of Jerusalem, which is is right here. This had been controlled um, and been under Jordanian control since 1948. But that changed on June 7th. June 7th. For 19 years, the Jews had been banned from their holy sites in all of Jerusalem. The places such as the Western Wall, where Jews had been praying for thousands of years. That was all over. By the 8th of June... The next day, Israel controlled most of the West Bank and the Sinai, but Israel was suffering heavy casualties by the Syrians in the Golan Heights. So, the next day, let's make, uh, let's make this the Israelis. They had most of this. They had this. And they had most of this. Sounds pretty amazing. By June 9th, the Israeli forces were in Golan and they were reduced to only 25 men. I have to tell you, until you've been to the Golan Heights, you have absolutely no idea what it's like. It is like shooting fish in a barrel. If you have the Golan Heights, um, you are standing up on a cliff, a shelf, and it's it's a pretty steep rock face almost. And you're looking down into Israel. There's no way to fire up. Onto the Golan Heights with any kind of accuracy without an airplane. Remember, the airplanes are grounded. No way to get up there. You have total superiority because you're looking down and you're shooting fish in a barrel. The Israelis only had 25 men. That's it. The Arab armies were all here. And they're all pushing this way. And they're all focused on the Golan Heights. 25 men. 25 men decide, let's take them. Everybody was waiting a full-on bloodbath, even the 25. It was the most heavily fortified Syrian position on the battlefield. The Syrians were dug in with a network of trenches and bunkers and machine guns and mortars. No conventional way the IDF could ever win. But it takes us to miracle number four the Syrian commander knew the Israelis were about to attack. And so he instructed his soldiers, wait. Wait for the whites of their eyes. Wait for the Israelis to reach the first level of fortifications and then unleash hell on them. He was dug in. He had superior numbers by far. They had 25. Easy victory. Just wait. Just wait. Somehow, the Syrians never saw the 25 guys approach until it was too late and quote in their own words the jews are already inside and we've already taken heavy heavy casualties by the end of the day the idf had broken through the golan broke the blockade at the straits here by june 10th it would be the sixth and final day of the war it shouldn't have been but god had different plans 75,000 Syrian troops backed up by a force that was incredibly dug into the Golan Heights. Israeli airstrikes couldn't put a dent in the Syrian bunkers, lined the entire front line. Israeli casualties were estimated to be in the tens of the thousands if Golan was to be liberated. Remember, shooting fish in a barrel. They're getting slaughtered. Seven hours later, intense fighting. The IDF took multiple strategic areas. They braced for the counterattack. But in miracle number five, the Syrian army was overcome by a wave of unexplained panic. They're winning. Before the IDF even approaches, the Syrians panic and abandon their positions and all their weapons, and they flee in chaos. Israel had captured the Golan in its entirety, and the ceasefire was signed soon after.
7: Jerusalem. Israeli Prime Minister Levi Eshkol must be the proudest man in the world, especially when he entered into the Jordanian sector of Jerusalem and to stand before the Wailing Wall. To world Jewry, a deeply emotional occasion of great historic importance. Hero today of the Jewish peoples... General Moshe Dayan, defense minister and architect of the swiftest, most overwhelming victory of all time.
0: Swiftest and most overwhelming victory of all time. Before, six days before, this was the size of Israel, this little teeny slice. Now they had all of it. They controlled all of it. There is no conventional way of explaining this. Israel should not be here right now. Shouldn't be. You ask any military analyst, any historian, and they will stop before they use the word miracle, but they don't know how to explain it. Israel gave up all this land and says we don't want the land. We just want peace and gave all of this land back with an exception of the West Bank. we cannot separate ourselves from the plans of heaven and we can look at things any way you want but when you are humble enough to make sure you are on his side he will intervene and if you are humble and worthy he will ensure your survival it happened in the in the revolution i believe it happened again with, the, uh, with slavery here in America in the Civil War, and it happened here. It doesn't get any more obvious and clear-cut than what happened during the summer of 1967. Our forefathers witnessed the same things themselves, and they all said, it's the hand of God. Israel had five fingers, five miracles. God's not a bystander. He is attentive and active. He is active in the affairs of all mankind and you. And he's doing it throughout the world. But we have to be worthy of it.
1: Triple Eight Seven Two Seven 727 Beck It's Pat and Stu. Welcome. You know, they, they go through this every few years where um, the human rights centers that exist in the desert, <clears throat> uh, a lot of times in Texas and Arizona and parts of New Mexico and California they have these water stations set up for illegal aliens who might be crossing the desert. I mean, they've taken the time to sneak into our country illegally. The least we can do is, you know, set up things that make it more convenient Thank nicer you. for them, right? Thank you. I, I say water doesn't go far enough. They should be milkshake stations. There should be taco stands. There should be steakhouses, right? I mean, did you know that the the best mm-hmm.
2: taco bowl in the world comes from Trump Tower? And
1: uh, right. we could actually get them a Trump he Tower. To, uh, franchise out in the desert right. or know, ten.
2: That would be great. Another thing I would say, by the way, I mean, you know, uh, unless you want to be... Monsters.
1: Yeah. Would be, uh, and we don't. A few massage chairs? Is that too Thank much to ask? You. That is not too much to ask. When they've taken the trouble yeah. of crossing the desert in the heat. And sometimes, too it's over 110 degrees. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the heat index climbed to over 100 degrees, Canales, who's 68, and Ibarra, who's 23. Stood on the sandy soil of the ranch, which uh, sits next to the U.S. Border Patrol's checkpoint. And hundreds of uh, migrants have died there to, trying to avoid detection. But they found some water there that we added because of the uh, South Texas Human Rights Center. Um, and so I think that's awesome because we've, we're, we're just trying to make things easier for the people who are breaking into our country illegally. Uh, And you're right. It doesn't go far enough. There's no massage stations yet. Uh, We're working on that. Um, The least
5: they could do is maybe leave some gifts for for Americans. I mean, we do leave welcome back. We leave food out for a guy in a red suit. The only reason we do that is because he leaves gifts when he breaks into the house. Right. So, I mean, if they're breaking into the country,
1: we give them a (laughs) drink, maybe some cookies. Give us something back. I, uh, you know, I mean, I. Here's the thing. If you're crossing the border in the desert heat yeah. and it's 110 or 117 degrees and you're hot and you're tired and you're thirsty, mm-hmm. how about this? <laughs> Stay home. Okay. Don't come. Don't come here. It'll you come. hate <laughs> <laughs> You It is there. If you don't want, I'm just saying, if you don't want to die in the desert where hundreds have died. Don't cross in the desert, where hundreds have died. I don't
2: hear him that? saying about this that?
1: about someone from England. Yeah, well, they had to. If if they want to swim here, let them. You got me. Okay, if you can swim here from England, you got me. Wait, didn't you earlier in the show oppose people coming here illegally from England? <laughs> I did, but this, a- they're not going to make the three thousand miles. Oh, okay.
7: yeah,
2: <laughs> um, you know, look, I think you know you, you want to. I think what Pat's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I may, you may. Uh, Pat's trying to say is, you want to avoid most frozen foods at the free stands for illegal immigrants <laughs> because it's too right. hot. And you so you want to go with things that, that plus can it j- should be
1: fresh foods. Yes, let's let's face it, it uh, GMO
2: free. If I may,
1: that you may. Mm-hmm. And, and gluten free. Yeah, gluten free. No GMOs, GMOs, no gluten. Right. If I All go out there or one of those watering stations uh-huh. and
5: there's not fresh apples. And fresh bananas. How pissed would you be? Oh, my Uh, gosh.
2: And guys,
1: if I could, uh, locally sourced, please. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. You don't want anything that's been... Brought in from Mexico, <laughs> except the people. Except the people. Obviously.
2: In fact, if they bring the apples, we should reject the apples, but yes, let them yes, right in. Yes, uh, that, yes. They, so that, there's every Democrat's dream. That's pretty close. What they're doing? Yeah, uh, it's it's a really amazing. Uh, um, I, uh, I, you know, look, there there should be. Uh, you're taking a risk by breaking the law and coming into this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, while I don't want anyone to die, and I don't certainly don't want um, uh, people who... We wouldn't ignore them if we caught them. Uh, we would catch them, and we would nurse them back to health. And we I, do you're, you know,
1: you're, all, all the time. time. I mean, the blaze... All day, every day.
2: You, you know, people like to look at this with a negative eye, but, I mean, keeping people who came over here illegally and, and entertaining the children and having them have a, a better life than they would otherwise have, and then being sent back mm-hmm. to their home country is a uh, human thing to do right um, it, it is a, a, a human compassionate thing to do compassion should be something that we strive for it doesn't mean that they get to break their people get to come in here and break our laws um, and you know you are taking a huge risk crossing a desert i mean at least you're walking north but i mean when it comes to heat you want to stay out of the desert you want to stay out of those areas as much as possible yeah. the the idea that you're going to put something in there without supervision you want to, you want to have water stands all over that desert you could probably convince me to do it. You're just going to have a guard there who's arresting everyone who comes up for a drink. Yes. And then sending them back across the border. Um, it's not that you want people to die, but you don't. I mean, why not give them a freaking like walkway like they have in the airports and just let them stand there and just like slowly go across our. I mean, you, you can't facilitate it for them.
1: That's right. Uh, but we are. We're facilitating it uh, for them. Um, And for the record, has taken a look at the uh, growing danger of life on the border. And uh, here's a preview of that.
8: All this private land around here, you have to they have to have a private well, which has to be drilled. And to get that water out of that hole, you have to put a pump in there. So that's what we do.
7: Patricia and Edward Elbrock are the owners of Elbrock Water Systems in the tiny town of Animas, New Mexico. They also own a 10,000-acre ranch in Hidalgo County, which sits 40 miles north and 40 miles west of the border in the New Mexico boot heel. Well, it's, it's really changed because when I was a kid, they were coming across, but they were always looking for work, and we would work them some on the ranch here and they mainly wanted to work for food to get further north. And lately it's been all drug. I see their tracks every time I go to the back side of the ranch. In two thousand eight, a game camera on the Elbrox ranch captured this photo, causing alarm about the types of people and material crossing their land.
8: We went up there to get the chip out of it to see what deer had come into the watering hole and when we printed this out, this is what we saw, came across our ranch, was an illegal packing semi-automatic weapon dressed in camouflage. I hope this gets out and people see it because uh, this is what we deal with, And not just us, it's everywhere across the border. And you, you wouldn't want this across your backyard.
7: In 2006, the Elbrocks were burglarized by illegal immigrants three times in a 90-day span.
8: It was about one o'clock in the morning, and uh, I heard something. and woke me up, I'm a real light sleeper, and it woke me up. And I opened my eyes, and I saw some lights on the east side of the house, and I uh, said, Edward, someone's here. And so I turned on the light and opened the door, and, and he said, what the hell are you doing in my house? And he came at me, and then I screamed, and of course, he ran out the doors. He broke it through.
7: After the second forced entry into their home, the Elbrocks also noticed the illegals had broken into their exterior storeroom where they stole guns and food. Thirty days later, they were hit again.
8: There's a pattern here, and they have a pattern, you know. They come, bring their drugs, drop them and head back. They stole, broke into a vehicle, a foster son's vehicle here and stole spotting scopes and clothes and stole a sheep, drug it out to the south of the trails and butchered it and took what they want. And left what they didn't want and headed south. My son's house has been broken in three times. The other surrounding neighbors have been broken into. They come through us all the time.
2: jeffy segment can we get the jeffy segment music oh the up? jeffy segment we have done that in a couple days and um,
1: know, uh, he's always so good Where was? uh and oh, here. Oh, um, i don't hear the music but there's no see the sound, sound
5: but um. well that's fine because the jeffy segment is going to be pretty short today is it yes yeah. the jeffy segment is well, listen to the jay severin show uh today <laughs> on blaze radio uh, okay. i'll be filling in for jay those of you listening on the radio to this program now that are missing it live on Blaze TV, you've already listened to me, so
2: thanks. So your pitch is, hey, Those you, of you listening listen live to the show that just happened. Oh, the people that are watching live. So
1: what you're saying is you prepared nothing for your segment today. I don't, I don't care about it. That okay. to be <laughs> <That was great. laughs> let's do tech talk. Uh, <laughs> do.
2: Here's the technology from uh, 1994. Now, 1994, an uh, important year in uh, U.S. history, as I graduated from high school. <clears throat> Congratulations! Um, and 1994,
1: uh, straight C-ish? slightly before I did, not much. Uh, about ten years yeah, ten is years all. all uh, I mean, Jeff, what's I mean, ten uh, years? point. 1994. Yeah, I graduated in 2004. Yeah, Jeffy graduated high school in 1894,
2: <laughs> which uh, I know we're celebrating. Uh, uh, Celebrate the same uh, day, was 1994.
1: Was really? But that's when
2: you graduated I from did. high school,
1: 1994. But this is the tech. Did you go to your 20-year re- reunion? I did not. Uh, nor would I ever. Oh, really? <laughs> no. You have no interest in that?
2: No, I mean, I, you know, the people, I, I keep in touch with a few people, but not really Have lot. you
1: been to any of yours? Uh, no. Really uh, no? Yeah, I've been to any of mine. Well,
2: all everyone right. in your high school's dead. That's well, a good, good point. There's legitimately, a couple, I mean, 100% of people you went to high school with. And I don't mean just the first time you went. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, the first time, then the time that they flunked you out, brought you back, then the third and fourth time, then the time, like, 12 years later, where you posed as a young person to get back into high school for some weird freaking reason, that whole thing. Oh, None of those, know why I did that. Well, no, no I know why I... you said it was weird, but you know why I did that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right, here's uh, some. Uh, I love looking at these old uh, videos. What do you? Yeah. The technology of the future. Here's the tech we were looking at in 1994.
4: Executive Dad has the latest Apple PowerBook. A little bigger, a little heavier, and a lot more expensive than the last generation of PowerBooks, but with some interesting new features. Look at that battery. Check this out. No mouse. Instead, Whoa. you'll use a trackpad that responds to the lightest oh, no. of touches. Mouse. And to stay in touch, I'll need the latest in multi-purpose phones. Mm. This screen phone from Philips will store a Rolodex full of phone numbers. Whoa. You can also <laughs> access your bank accounts, paying bills without writing checks. What? Or take out a loan without the paperwork. All this for under $800. That seems wow. possible pattern. I no. know. Nothing's sure the does. same in the office of the 90s even the pens are smart what hey dummy don't forget to tell them about the magic memories picture frame
5: hi daddy
6: i love
4: you these little gizmos from machina go for under 50 dollars. so much for those number two pencils
1: oh ah god print that (laughs) he got us (laughs) that's impossible (laughs) (laughs) what is that star trek stuff or what? A, a picture frame that can play a recorded message. <laughs> Come on now.
2: We're uh, under eight hundred bucks. I know. I love that. Uh, I, lo- I love the giant battery. You're just jamming. You remember yeah. that with laptops? Uh, where yeah. uh, And I used to have laptops. And this is much more recent than 1994. Where and it used to happen to me, even on the train in New York. Where, like, the stupid thing would freeze up, you'd turn it over upside down, you'd pop It'll the battery out up. it wouldn't turn off. Or you'd have to pop the battery back in, turn it back over. I mean, a lot of that stuff really has gone away. I mean, yes, it it hassles. has um, hassles. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I Do um, you remember ColecoVision? Yes. We're going back into the 80s for this one. ColecoVision was uh, early video game system uh, competitor. Wasn't uh, Tecmo Bowl on Coleco? No, that was Nintendo. Oh, okay. uh, well, t- the, tech- the famous Tecmo Bowl was Nintendo, which was Tecmo Super Bowl. There may have been an earlier version, but I think they mm. were all Nintendo related. Um, but uh, ColecoVision was like a-, a competitor of like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred or maybe the Atari Fifty Six Hundred, in that mm-hmm. general vicinity. Mm-hmm. It was that early '80s that boom of, of home video game systems and before the crash. Um, so a lot of them came out at the same time. ColecoVision was the one I had, and I freaking loved it. Um, and, but it was one of those systems, just like Nintendo afterwards, where, like, you put the cartridge in, it wouldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah.
1: Yes! Oh, we went through went that with in, Nintendo, too. Ziggle, Sega, too. It, it was, you know. Uh, Sega. Out. Oh, God. Sega had I mean, that.
2: Even up to Sega, yes. it still had that. Yes. The, I was uh, visiting was uh, some relatives uh, who uh, I played these games with. And so, as a goof, I was in uh, Walmart, and they had a, a retro ColecoVision system for, like, 40 bucks. So I was—I hadn't seen her in a while. I'm like, "Oh, i better got to get this to go." We're, we're, we're playing—we got to play the ColecoVision on the thing on the ColecoVision. Now it holds seventy games
1: <laughs> for forty dollars. You get the system
2: plus seventy games at <laughs> once. You can just flip through whatever you want. Um, and, of course, they all work immediately and perfectly. Like, there's right. no, like, cartridge. Mm-hmm. You don't play them with cartridges. They're all stored in the hard drive. Which, of course, is what you want, is the struggle to play the stupid game. No, you don't want the struggle. No, you don't? No. And no. it's funny because I played those games so much that, I mean, we're talking 30 years without playing it, and it's still in my brain. Like, the patterns that I would do to succeed through the levels were still stored in when the When the game starts up,
5: when you see yeah. the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah. First
2: couple times, it feels really awkward. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. I remember when I used to. Like, it just comes right yeah. back to you. It's crazy. That's great. I mean, that is weird. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, that's, that's going back a little bit further. But you see just how far this is. I mean, this stuff looks insanely ancient. And it was cutting-edge technology back in 1994. Here's a little more.
4: Why twiddle your thumbs in traffic when you can be tying up loose ends and doing deals? What used to take an entire office now fits in the front seat of your car. For example, the Canon NoteJet 2 may look like any other high-powered laptop computer, but... <laughs> nice. It's also a high-quality inkjet printer. That's impossible. dollars, And in combination with a cell phone, you can send faxes <laughs> on the road. Faxes. Now, for those quick correspondences, you can't beat this. This is the Smith Corona HandyFax. Like the other palm tops out on the market, this one palm has a tops. calendar and a to-do list and a telephone directory. But flip up these little doohickeys and you've got a mini fax machine. <laughs> now for those nice. messages, let's say you have a change of plans. This is what you want right here. This is the Motorola Express Pager. Call an 800 number, leave your message, then the operator will send out the message pronto. <laughs> messages can be as long as 120 characters. Whoa. And another option is buying a software program for your PC, which enables you to encode and send your own messages directly. That software goes for under $40. The pager itself is a little over $200. And it comes in colors to match every wardrobe. <laughs> That's so great. Wow.
1: So all and you have prices, to do. the prices, man. And, and for just... Under $59,328, uh, you can get one of these faxing phone thingies.
2: Can you imagine a world, Pat, wow. where to get a message to someone in text, all yep. you have to do is call the 1-800 number, leave a message, and have an operator
6: send that message
2: to the other person. And now, listen, the, the operator's not only,
5: not only sending it, she's sending it pronto.
2: Pronto. So like within like 11 months, they're going to get this message and know exactly
1: what's going on. Wow, we've come a long way in a short time. Oh, my
2: really, have I mean, I remember when texts uh, really became uh, more popular. Just you know, generic texting, mm-hmm. texting, and like we, I, I wasn't on the bandwagon with it early. Like it seemed annoying and stupid and slow. You had to press the button three times to get to the L. It was like you know those phones. Yep. Uh, and now I don't ever want to talk to anyone again.
1: <laughs>
2: I don't even get a response on the text. Oh, I never. Well, I, you're blocked, obviously. But I mean, even a regular person, I don't respond to a lot. But I know, when I send you 727, something, seven twenty-seven back is the just, uh, phone it number. It doesn't come up. Uh, just... uh, what? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get back to you just in just a moment, Jeffy. Now with you, I have. Uh, well, I went to court and got a restraining order, and then they were allowed me to. That's uh, a long story.
4: That we will never
2: repeat. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the phone number. Uh, Mental Floss has a list uh, list of movies that
1: Roger Ebert really hated. I miss Roger Ebert. He was. did Are you they both dead now? Yeah. Siskel yeah. and Ebert? I, didn't, I couldn't remember yeah, if Ebert both of was them. gone. Oh. Sadly, they're both gone. Um, yeah, Siskel like died tr- quite a while ago. Yeah, Siskel was well. And right. then Ebert just a few years ago. But, um, but so, uh,
2: yeah, a couple of movies here Armageddon, he gave only one star, calling it the movie an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense. Obviously, he had
5: no idea what he was talking sense. about.
2: And the human desire to be entertained. <laughs> this is a
5: cl- classic <laughs> movie.
6: Oh,
2: right.
1: it's not that bad. I, I actually
5: like it. Bar- yeah. I, I,
2: I wasn't a huge fan of it. I like Deep Impact
1: more. Um, really? Yeah, did I, I really? like Deep they Impact, did. but yeah. it's not as good as Armageddon. No, I, I agree with that. Uh,
2: I, I did not. I felt like Deep Impact was the realistic meteor smashing into the Earth movie. <laughs> you know, that was the one they tried to keep. Maybe that was more documentary. And they were out uh, about the same time, right? They were almost. Yes. They were competitors, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Ten, he gave only a half star. Saying, I believe that, um, yes. Jason Ten, uh, the dialogue for a movie is uh, r- rare for a movie to frankly describe itself. Jason X, uh, 10 sucks on on the levels of storytelling, character (laughs) development. Uh, Sucks is a word I don't
1: think he used that often. No, not that often. With this
2: movie, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Good luck, Chuck. Uh, One star. There's a word for this movie, and it is ick. (laughs) Uh, Charlie's Angels, a half star. Charlie's Angels is like the trailer for a video game movie, lacking only the video game and the movie.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's a good review. Tommy Boy, I agree with him on this, oh, and I, I know there's Boy. a lot of Tommy Everybody Boy fans, yeah. but oh, yeah. I hated it. There's too. no memorable I like lines. It. I mean, I can't no remember any of oh, them. The, the that's going to
5: hurt when he slams it. Every time he oh, slams yeah. into something, oh, that's going to hurt. I mean, that's yeah, the, that's not a, funny. I like that movie. Luke, Luke
2: I am your father in the, the village.
1: The village, I disagree with. I like that movie.
2: I like the village too. I think it was underrated because people were sick of M. Night Shyamalan at that point. Yeah. But I like that movie. I was surprised by it.
1: Oh, but oh my gosh, is he right about Battlefield Earth? Mm. One of the worst oh. he gave it. Half a star, that is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Made no Does Travolta
2: sense. admit that at this no point? Sense.
1: Probably. Because he not.
2: Because I know he loved the, the source material, yes, he but did. still I mean, you yeah. can still make crap heaps of movies.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't not think to say admit that L. Ron Hubbard wasn't a wonderful writer because yeah. I think clearly he well. Hello? Uh, uh, are you just how you to you know.